Hey everyone, Pastor Joel Christensen here. Welcome to Church in My Living Room. I'm so glad that you could join me this morning in this new context, which is very new for me, but it's my hope that I can give you a word of encouragement this morning and that we can remain spiritually connected even though we are actually socially distanced. So let's get right into it. Uh, over the last few years that I've been in ministry, I've been challenged with the idea of the mystery in God. And at some point in your journey with God, you have to be okay with not always having the answers for everything. The situation that we're in right now being one of the biggest unknowns that we are facing in probably in our lifetime, and even beyond that, the life challenges that we all face, you know, especially the ones that make you uh, question, you know, God and sometimes even your own faith. Most of us at some point have asked whether, you know, in the last week or at some point in your journey, how could God let this happen? And I've been a Christian for some time now, but until just recently, I used to try and answer these questions and attempt to rationalize them. But after going through some difficult things, even in my own life, I can now confess that sometimes I, I really don't have the answer. And I've come to realize that that's okay. And I know that, uh, you know, sometimes bad things do happen, especially to really good God-fearing people. Uh, but I've come to a place of peace knowing that some things are beyond my understanding. And I, of course, understand that this is not an easy realization. Why? Because when a storm comes into your life, the cost will always be at your personal peace, which I'm sure a lot of you have experienced even this week. So what I want to ask you this morning is, have you actually lost your peace in the last few days? And do you know where to begin to find it again? Finding peace will always be a challenge, especially when our lives get turned upside down by circumstances you didn't expect. You know, lack of peace can also be, you know, make, you know, bad situations even worse because we can become more argumentative, more anxious, more moody, or tired with sleepless nights. Uh, have you had sleepless nights over the last few weeks because of everything that's going on? I'm sure you have. But the point that I want to bring you to understand this morning is that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace, and every follower of His has an inheritance of a living, peaceful life, living a peaceful life in spite of the turmoil. Scripture reminds us that God's peace is promised to those who pray with thanksgiving about everything. And again, there's a mystery involved in this, and it's a good one. The peace that will transcend our ability to understand it. And God's peace is actually beyond our own understanding. So why all this mystery? There's a lot of things that God does that are not fully comprehensible to us. In fact, the Bible is a thesaurus, actually, for the word mystery. And there's a few examples of that. Uh, the gift of salvation is indescribable. It says that in 2 Corinthians 9.15. And the complexity and wisdom of God's plan is impossible to understand. It's in Isaiah 55. And according to Ephesians 3.19, the love of Christ is also something else so great that we will never, ever fully understand it. And in the same way, human reasoning and our minds are not fully capable of understanding the peace of God. But it is something that we as Christians can have pouring out of us. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. Anyone who places their full confidence in God is thankful in every circumstance, is demonstrating, and it's basically demonstrating a supernatural peace. It does not matter what storm is raging around them, there's an inner calm that dominates their heart. And it's not fiction, I've seen it. I've seen people that really are in the face of death and have an indescribable peace to them because they're confident in their God. It's possible to know that peace that comes from being in a right relationship with God, and it's not a peace that actually is of this world. It's not something you can even muster up in your own strength. It's not something you can build up. Why? Because the world's peace is actually depending on having good circumstances. If things are going well, then we feel, like, you know, we feel peaceful. But when things go sideways, then peace quickly goes out the window. Jesus made the distinction between his peace and the world's wavering peace. And he said this in, in uh, John 14, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. His peace is beyond our understanding. 
So the story I want to talk about today is the story where Jesus calms the storm, and it's in Mark 4.35. And it says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping, in a cushion, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he, he got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And, uh, you know, I've had some experiences going on a boat before in, the, in PEI with, and I was with some, some close family friends. And uh, I can remember the waves being really high and uh, the waves hitting against the boat. And it was scary. And uh, the one thing I think about this, this story when I, when I go through it is that these were actually really experienced fishermen. But, uh, you know, they were still in fear of perishing. It must have been quite a ferocious storm for them to be that panicked. And what I love about Jesus is that he illustrated the posture that we're to take in the midst of chaos. It was perfect peace. Even though while the storm was still in full effect, even though they had the Son of God with them, they were panicked. They did not have his posture. More than often, we are the disciples on the boat, panicked, fearful, stressed, trying to make sense of our circumstances, even when the Prince of Peace is there right beside us, the Savior of the world. What did Jesus do? Jesus wakes up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the word rebuke here is actually an odd one to use in this context. We rebuke a child who's acting up, uh, you know, who's dropped their crayons at Deeside Mariel's or is making a, making a scene. Why rebuke the wind in the sea for, for showing its power? The word used here means to express strong disapproval of someone or to warn something. It's like Jesus was instructing, you know, the dog at the door to stop barking at the mailman. Be quiet, you know, that'll do. Although the storm was ferocious, it was now in submissive control. And at Christ's command, the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There's a lot of panic going on right now, and it's very easy to fall into that storm. But will you pray with me this morning in the name of Jesus, peace be still. Because you can pray that. That's the power that you have. So trust is greater than anxiety. Peace be still. This is, this is not our natural reaction to stress. When we encounter circumstances that stretch beyond our understanding, and it becomes easy to question, you know, it becomes very easy to question the goodness of God. Anxiety also comes into play quite often. And when, that usually happens when we abandon our trust. And the funny thing about all of this is that our go-to in these circumstances is control. Because clinging to control feels so much easier than submitting to trust. That's why you see so many people running to the grocery store trying to buy as much toilet paper as they can. And because it's a way that they can actually control their circumstance. But the truth is we can't have peace and also have a fixed idea of what everything should look like. How everything should function or how our lives should unfold. Peace doesn't work like that. Peace does not follow your ideas. Peace does not have a perfect circumstance. You know, a lot of people, even before this, uh, this, this turmoil that we're, we're facing today, you know, a lot of people would always say, you know, if I only had this much money, if I only had this job, you know, if my husband or wife would just do this, you know, these are all things that we try to control or have a perfect circumstance. But here's the truth. As much as we'd like it to be, peace is not in an outcome. Peace is a person. Peace is the Prince of Peace. And trusting the Prince of Peace is an invitation to not, you know, know everything. It's not to have everything under control, but to trust and release everything to him. That's what peace is. So we need to put away our anxious thoughts. It says this in Philippians 4 and 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. Now, here's the promise. And that peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4, 6. Even in our pursuit of peace, believers can struggle with doubt, fear, and unbelief, which, you know, leads to anxious thoughts. However, we're clearly instructed that we should not be worried about anything. Anything, meaning nothing at all, no matter the challenge. Be praying to God and giving thanks to him for all he's done in our lives. You know, we're all allowing the Prince of Peace to invade our spirits and, and turn anxiety into thanksgiving when we praise him in all circumstances. Trust means we have set our hearts to believe God, no matter what happens. When we give up that trust, when we give up that trust and we, we insist on being in control, we actually sabotage God's desire for us to live in peace. When we choose worry rather than faith, we cannot actually live in peace. Jesus warned us often about fear and worry. Worry is actually the enemy of peace, and far too often we let the enemy win. And funny thing, though, is that worry does not do a thing for our situation. The most we worry, you know, if we spend our day worrying and reading the news and, and taking all this fear and putting on ourselves, it actually wouldn't change a single thing. We'd still be quarantined here in our houses. But you know what? God invites us to cast our cares upon him and let them go. And thank you, Jesus, that you are in control and that we are not. His nature as the Prince of Peace was never intended to be the answer key or the, the logic we use to answer the mysteries in our life. While it's normal to look for peace inside of understanding, if our peace is dependent on reasoning you know, or our interpretation of circumstances, then our peace will always waver. We will always be subject to how good or how bad our circumstances are. But again, thank you, Jesus. He's invited us actually to something better. And Bill Johnson actually said something, he said it so well. If you want to have peace that passes understanding, you have to give up your right to understand everything. Trust is activated when we make ourselves vulnerable to him and his peace, even when it does not make sense. That vulnerability could also be described as childlikeness, which is belief without the prerequisite of proof. According to Jesus, it's the key to inheriting the kingdom. You know, my kids, they trust me when I'm, they trust me in everything that I say. Even now, in the circumstances that we're facing now, uh, I don't see the kids worrying or, or being, you know, fearful of anything right now because they trust, you know, they trust their mother and their father. They know that everything's going to be okay if they put their trust in me. And the same is true for us. We put our trust in the father. Things will be okay. He left us the comforter as well, too. And the implication of giving us the Holy Spirit as the comforter means that we'll encounter circumstances, you know, in which, um, in which that, uh, once we've given our idea of what everything should look like, we are free to live under the assurance that the Prince of Peace is intimately involved in everything that concerns us with or without that immediate proof. He's Emmanuel, and that means that every mystery is an invitation to discovery. Every unanswered question is just some form of goodness that has not been realized. Not yet seen, but it's coming. Regardless of the chaos that we're facing right now, his nearness is guaranteed. He's on the boat with us through the storm. Can I challenge you today and ask that, you know, if we can become the ones who embrace mystery over certainty? Can we be the ones marked by trust? But you may be asking, how do we get there? My peace seems so far away right now. The idea of the Prince of Peace calming my storm seems so out of touch. Well, if you're drowning in the storm, you're actually at the very perfect place to be in. Because it means that you cannot do it in your own strength, or your own abilities. That's exactly where we can actually start our dependence on him. And that's what's one good thing about this circumstance. We are 100% depended on him to bring us through it. So remember that in every storm, there is a peace and there is a peace be still. And that includes the storm that we're in right now. Peace be still. The disciples were afraid for their lives and, and woke Jesus in a frenzy because of the fierceness of the storm. He said three simple words, peace be still. 
and the entire weather system actually changed. Can you imagine the amazement of these tough and experienced fishermen? You know, the laws of the sea that they had learned throughout their entire lives. Actually, all of that was just thrown out the window at this one command. Jesus knew about the storm brewing while he slept on the boat. And he knows about the storm that's happening right now in our world. And he says, peace be still. And he's saying that over you specifically. So my prayer today is that as followers of Jesus Christ, let us demonstrate the calm waters that can only be received from our Prince of Peace. Let's pursue him in every way, in every way, shape, or form. Let's make that our priority. And let's put our trust in him above all else. Let's be the ones who are the calm in the storm, the ones who see the still waters on the horizon, the ones who can function and accept the mystery of not knowing why things are the way that they are, but can still proclaim in the mighty name of Jesus, peace be still, to our generation's biggest challenge that we're facing right now. So what I want to do now is I just want to give a, a quick uh, prayer over you. I'm actually going to pray scripture over you uh, because you know, when we pray scripture, we're, we're praying truth over ourselves. So let's just do that. I'm going to actually be reading from 2 Corinthians 1 and 3. And it's this. All praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside of us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. And just as we experience the abundance of Christ's own sufferings, even more of God's comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. So God bless you. I really miss everybody. And uh, I'm praying that we all get to get together again soon. God bless.